Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Because God is, is love. How could we do anything else but be loving when God himself is love? Last week, we looked at Philippians chapter 2 and how Jesus was poured out. He allowed himself to be lower than the angels and be born in the form of human likeness. How amazing. What an incredible, loving God who would come down to this planet. Now, I know some of you are enamored with the planet. You just think Earth is like the place. That's why we're trying to go to Mars. And... Some of you are just like looking at things and stuff and technology, but just imagine heaven. God is in heaven, and he says, Jesus, we have a plan. I'm going to send you down to earth, and you're going to have to not only die for the people, for their sins, but you're going to have to live with them. And Jesus goes, yippee-yay. That's, I added that. It's not in the scripture. And, and all the angels said to God, it's not in the scripture either. I'm just making this up. Are you crazy, God? What guarantees will Jesus have that anyone will love him and serve him and follow him? And God said, there is no guarantee. We're just going to send Jesus down there and let him die. He's going to go on a cross, the cruelest of all deaths imaginable. And he's going to die for people, some who will never even like him, let alone love him. Because all of the sins of all humanity was placed on the Shoulders in the heart of Jesus for even people who would never worship him. So if we go to John 13 today, John 13 today, we're going to see that Jesus is talking about his departure. Now, this is the upper room discourse. He's talking to his disciples the night before he is going to be betrayed and crucified. And one of the guys in the group is named Judas, the betrayer. Jesus stoops down and washes the disciples' dirty feet, even the feet of the one who would betray him. Think of that. Again, not only did Jesus die for all humanity, but he washes the feet of the disciples, the one who would betray him. And John was there in that room. And so he writes to us, John 13, 31. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Then he says, my children, or in the literal Greek text, my little children. I think that's important. I, I will be with you only for a little while longer. You look for me, and Jesus Uh, just as I've told the Jews. So I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. And then if you read the rest of it with me, this is what he tells those disciples in the room. And he tells us, let's read it. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know Everyone will know you're my disciples if you have really good worship and a really good drummer like Danny. (laughs) Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have a really, really nice 
building with a cool floor. Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have a really handsome pastor. I was talking about Pastor John. <laughs> Everyone will know that by the way you love, by the depth of your love, by the heart, by living heart first for people. Now, I'm okay with this command. You can keep it up there. Thank you. A new command I give you, love one another. I'm okay with love one another, aren't you? But then he raises it to Mount Everest. As I have loved you, as I've washed your feet, even the feet of the one, watch this, who would betray me. You know what Jesus said? Love your enemies. Didn't say you have to like them. Doesn't say it anywhere in the Bible. You got to like them. You got to like what they do, like how they treat you. Nope. Just got to love them. Hmm. And what does love do? Love sacrifices. Love stoops down and washes disciples' feet. Love comes down from heaven and dies on a cross for us. It's a new command, but it's not a new command. Because the Jews were commanded to love one another. And the disciples were commanded to love their neighbor as their self after they loved God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Really not a new command, but catch this, a new standard of the way it would be lived out. He's about to go to the cross again. Think about that. And he says, I want you to love people with the kind of love that washes feet, even of betrayals, and washes feet, even of those who may not follow him, washes feet of Peter, who would deny the Lord, not once, not twice, but three times. And I want you to love people like I love people, because I've modeled that love for you. But in a few days, you're going to get it. You're going to understand it. That I'm going to go all the way to the cross to die for you. Will you love one another like that? Does anybody want to say yikes? Serious. This is Jesus who in love healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He raised the dead. He caused the blind to see. This is Jesus who preached about God's loving heart. This is Jesus who valued people in love. This is Jesus who when a woman was about to be stoned to death, he steps in and protects her. And he says, Go and sin no more. He protects and he forgives. All in the same story. That's the kind of Jesus we have. The kind of Jesus that catches us now wants us to protect our friends. You know, it's easy to speak ill of people. It's easy to get on social media and get all antisocial. Come on. It's easy to gossip about folks. It's easy. Did you hear the latest about this person or that person? But this kind of love that Jesus models for us protects people and their integrity, and their reputation. Jesus doesn't focus on the betrayal. Jesus doesn't focus on the pain of the cross that's coming. Jesus focuses on what God wants him to embrace in the moment. Remember, Jesus said this all the time. I do what the Father's doing. I say what the Father is saying. Now, let me give you a little lesson here. Lesson from my own experience, maybe it might help you. It's easy to focus on the dark times. It's easy to focus on what someone might say about you or do to you. 
But if you focus so much on that, you will miss what God has for you in the way of relationships and love and in your own personal ministry. We focus on what's lost. We are doomed because we need to focus on what's left. What do we have in front of us? What opportunities has God given us now? Whether it's in your personal life, your business life, your, your entrepreneurship, whether it's in raising your family. Yeah, we had a rough patch. Okay, I'm sorry you did. But what are you going to do with the next patch that's coming? A new patch of grass, a new opportunity, a new hope that God brings in front of you. Or maybe you've loved people and been burned or hurt. Anyone ever been hurt by somebody? Just curious. Ever? Yeah. All four of you. Well, <clears throat> see me after service out front at the small group tent, and I could share a few stories with you if you want. Well, let's not. Let's talk about what God is doing, how God is blessing. We're to love like Jesus and serve like Jesus. Again, John 13, 34, and 35, a new command I give you. Love one another as, yeah, with the same scooper, the scooper that I use to pour out my love on you. Would you put that same scooper into the heart of God and start loving people with that same scoop? Paul tells us that we've been comforted so we can comfort others. Paul tells us we've been forgiven so we can forgive others. Jesus even says in the Lord's Prayer, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. Wow. God wants to use us because he wants us to be better together. He wants us to serve together. He wants us to make sure that, well, we make a decision. You can write this down in your notes. Biblical love is a decision whether or not it's accompanied by an emotion. See, love is a command and it's a choice. But I don't feel like loving my wife or my husband today. So what? We don't live by feelings, do we? Nothing more than feelings. Yeah. But my neighbor, I don't want to love my neighbor. You don't get a choice. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Neener, neener, neener. Come on. Biblical love is a decision to compassionately and righteously seek the well-being of another. And by this, John 13, 35, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. You know, it's an interesting thing, the word Christian and the word disciple. The word Christian is used three times, depending on the text that you look at, three times in the Bible. Disciple, 249 times. By the way, Christian was a slang term. It meant little Christs. And it was coined by the Roman government that was upset that the Christ followers would not recognize and bow down to the emperor of Rome. They were voting a different way, following a different uh, system. And so the Romans got mad and called them, you little Christ, you little Christians. But Jesus speaks to his disciples not just people who believe, but people who belong. Speaking of discipleship, this is a paid non-political announcement, but on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. on our live stream, you can get it at mylfc.com. Just click on watch live. We have now for the last three weeks, this will be our fourth week, we're doing a discipleship series and it's 10 to 12 minutes long. Wow. You've never heard me talk that brief before. 
10 to 12 minutes long. Pastor John and I are doing some teaching about how to be a disciple of Christ and what's important so you can watch it. Somebody goes, I can't watch at six o'clock. I'm busy or that's when we eat dinner. No problem. We have it on demand on our YouTube channel. Yay. You can watch it whenever you want because we care about you. We want you to grow as disciples. Jesus says, everybody's going to know you're a Christian by your love. That was an old song. That's not what Jesus said. You'll know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. And the world is watching us. Can I ask you a deep question? Is is it allowed? I'm going to do it anyway. Are people better because of your love for them? Just, Just let that marinate for a while. Are people better because of my love for them? Are people better because I'm in their life? Would people respond and say, oh, I'll just pick a name out of this guy, Joe. Yeah, Joe's in my life, and my life is better because Joe is in it. Or Joe is in my life. Oh, he makes me miserable. He's so cantankerous and ornery. He's he's just always sarcastic and cynical, and (gasps) we've got enough cynical people to last us a lifetime. Paul makes a huge issue out of love. Paul was one of the worst human beings on the planet. You know what he did? He persecuted Christians. He ordered that Christians would be killed. And then one day, he meets Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit on the Damascus Road. Remember the story? And his life is transformed. His life is changed radically. And he writes one of the most beautiful passages, 1 Corinthians 13. Not just reserved for weddings, but reserved for life. He says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is is love. Follow the way of of love. And eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit. Love. Love. The greatest of these is, is, is love. And at the end of this message, I'm going to show you the simple way that you can make sure you are a loving person. It's, it's one thing. Stay tuned. So real quick, if you're a note taker, uh, and every once in a while, I don't get all the notes filled in and people send us emails. Where's the notes? Well, they're online always. You can see them online. And if you're watching online, you can click on the notes. And guess what? They'll pop up for you. Isn't that great technology? So Jesus loved by sacrificial serving. Would you agree? Yeah. And John, who's in the room when the foot washing takes place, when the betrayal starts as Judas slips away, he would write later on in 1 John. He's an old man now, and he writes in 1 John 3.16. I love the two John 3.16s, for God so loved the one John. And then this 1 John, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Again, love one another. That's great. Easy. Got it. Thank you, Lord. Check. No, as I have loved you. And then he says, uh, and we ought to lay down our lives. We like the part where Jesus laid down his life for us, don't we? But then he says, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters by not asking what's in it for me, but by asking, what can I do for someone else? The costliness of love means that we have to sacrifice 
our selfishness for others. Let me say it again. The costliness of love means that we have to sacrifice our selfishness for others. And I don't know about you, but every once in a while, a little selfishness rises up inside of me. Anybody else? Yeah, probably the nine o'clock people, not you, right? Uh, A little selfishness rises up inside of us. But Jesus' love was, the second thing, is a caring love. It's a caring love. He cared for us. He said to them in John 13, 33, I'll only be with you a little while longer. And then we know what he says in John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, you believe in me. And he shows them in that beautiful passage the way forward. The third thing is Jesus' love is a commanded love. That we are commanded. A new commandment I give you, John 13, 34, again, it bears repeating. I give it to you that you love one another as I have loved you. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. You have no option. To follow Jesus is to walk in the way of love. To follow Jesus is to follow his example. The fact that Jesus commands us to love one another means that you can do it. He wouldn't ask you to do something that you can't do. His calling is his enabling. Whatever he asks you to do, he'll empower you to do it. So I alluded to earlier that I would give you some ways that you could make sure love flows in your life. One of those is called the fruit of the Spirit. Ever heard of the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. Does anybody know what the first fruit is of the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Yeah. Now, I believe, and you can disagree with me and be wrong, but I believe that the rest of the fruit of the Spirit are simply an unveiling of what love is. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It could might as well say exclamation point. How do we know what love is? Oh, love, love. Christ laid his life down. Got it? But what does love look like? Oh, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control or temperance. When you look at love, love is filled with joy. It gets happy and celebrates people. I don't know what team is going to win next week. Some of you, frankly, don't care. I got guys in my church that are, hey, pastor, my team's not playing. I don't really care. Does anybody care? Anybody want the Rams? Okay. And who's the other team? Bengals. Anybody want the Bengals? Say, forget the Rams. Yeah, good. By the way, I'm just fascinated to know that most response came out of asking about football than about other stuff I said. But anyway, yeah, I understand. I understand. But what's the most important thing? Love. What's it look like? Joy. Joy, it's joyful, no matter what, win or lose. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentle, long-suffering. That means you put up with people who make you suffer for a long time, long-suffering, right? Gentleness, ooh, I'm going to let you have it. That's not gentleness. Meekness, temperance, self-control where you allow the love of God to control your life. Now, 
I want to talk to, well, let me just do this. I want to talk to any husbands. We have any husbands here? If we don't, I'll just move on. We have husbands? No, we have some guys that won't admit it. We had a bunch of husbands over here at first service. They did like this. Actually, they were like this through the sermon until I said to every husband, they did this. Yeah. One lady was kicking her husband. Yeah. You know what the Bible says? Husbands, come on, love your wives. It's a command, guys. Yeah, but Pastor B, my wife lately... I had a guy come to me years ago. He said, I'm, I'm looking to get a divorce. I said, why? I don't love her anymore. Wow. He said, yeah, I just don't feel, 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 feel. I said, oh, by the way, Paul says in Ephesians 5, love your wives. He doesn't say, love your wives if you feel like it. Love her if she's been smooching lately with you. Doesn't talk about her performance. Doesn't talk about her kindness. Yeah. I said in the last service, it came out an old, I couldn't believe it came out. Do you want to hear what came out last service? <laughs> I said, guys, if you treated your wife like a thoroughbred, she wouldn't be such a nag. <laughs> Can you believe that came out of my mouth last service? I can't believe it. But isn't it true? Guys, I raise my hand, and I want you to raise your hand with me. We should treat our wives with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And some guy said to me, well, if my wife read the rest of that passage, I would love her. I said, what's the rest say? Women, submit to your man. I said, don't you dare ever say that in front of her. Oh, but here's what I do tell guys. Ladies, you, you're going to love me more by the end of this sermon. I'll tell you right now. You know why? Because I say, guys, if you gave your wife something to submit to, she might submit. Well, well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you love her the way Christ loved the church, and that's what it says in Ephesians 5, sorry, guys, gave himself for the church. If we loved our kids like Christ loved our kids. If we loved our grandkids. I talked to a couple recently. They were so excited when their kids finally moved out of the house. They used this phrase, we're empty nesters now. I said, oh, be careful what you say. <laughs> they said, yeah, our kids are out. Be careful what you say. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because sometimes they come back. <laughs> and guess what happened? They came back. And guess who they brought with them? Three grandkids. Oh. And the grandpa said, I love my grandkids, but not 365, 24-7. I need my space. He said, my back doesn't work like it used to do when I used to pick up my kids or play trains or Hot Wheels on the ground. Now I'm down with my grandkids. They want to play, and they want to play wiffle ball, and they want to play football, and they want to run in the street, and I don't run like I used to run. Grandpas, love your grandkids like Christ loved the church. What verse is that? I don't know. But Jesus did say, love one another as I have loved you. What if we all just said, I'm committed to kicking up the love in my life? Ooh, 
I didn't say kick out the love. I said kick up the love in your life. You know, Jesus' love, number four, was a visible love. He didn't just say, I love you. He showed it. And then he says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. In other words, it's visible. It's tangible. When our church serves in our community or Monday nights when we served uh, meals here or when we invest in scholarships for students, some kids that would never stay in college if we didn't invest in them. We had uh, this last year 24 students preparing for serving the Lord in the ministry and in the marketplace. 24 kids who exhausted all of their finances from their family. They borrowed, they did aluminum cans, they got all the FAFSA and all the stuff from the government and they exhausted it all and they could not return to school unless someone helped them. And your church, you, because of your ties, 24 kids are going to complete their degrees because we said, we're going to invest in you in your future. You want to, you, you, you want to ask them if they feel loved? You want to ask them if they feel like love, joy, peace, long-suffering came and came alongside them. There's too many stories like that to tell, but we all have a part in it together. So the worship team's going to come back in just a moment. We're going to sing that song again, God's on the move. Is that all right? Yeah, I hope so. Good. Three people want it back. Jesus' love, number five, is a committed love. Remember I said it earlier, it's a decision that we make. In John 13, 36 to 38, Simon Peter said to him, remember this guy? Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me later. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you, Peter. And you know why he's saying it? Then Jesus said it to him back. Will you lay down your life for me? We know he's going to deny him three times. We know he's going to say, I don't know him. Wow. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I've said, Lord, you can count on me. It's almost like you hear the Lord echo back. Hey, Bernie, can I count on you? Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord until the going gets tough, or until somebody just crushes my soul or my heart, or just until something doesn't go my way. Hmm. See, the commitment to love is to see the other person know Christ and become more like Christ. Oh, I promised you at the end I would give you a way for you to be more loving. And here it is, it's real simple. But yet it's profound. Be the branch. The branch. Someone might call it the branch of love, you know, an olive branch. But I want to call it the branch where you recognize that Jesus Christ is the vine and you're the branches. John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much. Come on. And apart from me, yeah, by the way, dear ones, apart from Jesus, your marriage will never be what God intended. Apart from Jesus, 
your relationship as a brother or a sister or a friend. Your business will never be what you intended for it to be. Yeah, but pastor, I'm really smart. You don't know how smart I am. I'm glad you're smart. God bless your smartness. But apart from Jesus, you can't do anything. And you might bear fruit, but fruit that will remain only comes when you are a branch. He's the vine, we're the branches. The same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us. And when Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, how do we do that? We stay connected to him. Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. Hey, before we finish out, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. We don't do that every Sunday this way. But I'm wondering if there's somebody here or even online, and you can respond online. You can just say in the chat, that's me. <laughs> but you've not given your life to Christ yet. And I see it like a line, just a line. And we throw ourselves over the line and we say, I'm all in. Now, why would I invite you to Christ today? Because we talked about him dying on a cross. It's a powerful message. And while he's dying there, here's what he said. And I believe he says it to you. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And I believe that it's a message for you and for me that we can stop trying to work it out or be good when he says, it is finished. You can't add to the cross. You can't subtract from the cross. It is all sufficient. And he shed his blood for us. He gave his life for us so that we could know him. We could have abundant life. And so we could have the love of Christ in us flowing through us. And I just wonder if there's anybody here and you'd say, you know, Bernie, this is my day. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I've heard about him. I've been in church before. But today would be my day where I'll say, I want to follow him. I want him to be my savior and my Lord. And I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that's you, would you raise your hand about as high as your head? And I'm just going to look around because I want to agree with you. Anybody here? Okay. Anybody online? Let us know. Just say, that's me. And then I wonder how many of you would just in your own way say to the Lord, Lord, help me to be more loving. Help me to link up with people so we're better together. Help me to love the people in my family like never before. Help me to crucify my flesh so I won't be so selfish. Help me to look in the eyes of a child and say, I believe in you. God loves you and so do I. It may seem so simple, but it's so profound. And I would say, and Lord, we would agree together. Thank you for loving us in spite of who we are. And you could never love us any more than you do right now. Help us to be your disciples, to be known by our love. Shake us up, God, from the inside out. We might love you and love our neighbors even more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. 
We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.